always find what you love at Total Wine and More. With so many great bottles to choose from at the lowest price, it's easy to find your favorite Cabernet or a new single barrel bourbon to try with some help from one of our friendly guides. And with every bottle comes the confidence of knowing you just found something amazing. With the lowest prices over 30 years, find what you love and love what you find only at Total Wine and More. Curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Spirits not sold in Virginia or North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. This is the Ed Milet Show. Everyone needs help right now. You know, I, I hate to see so many people suffering, and I've been on almost every one of these lives you guys have been doing this week with Tom Bilyeu and Mel Robbins and all the other people you've had on, and it's just wonderful that you're doing it, so I'm, I'm glad to help any way I can. Yeah, of course. We've been, we've, my mom actually is the one who started it, and she was kind of having to evolve her uh, her work life and, and what she was doing that she couldn't do at her office any longer. And that's how it kind of started. And which kind of brings me to my first question with you, your last post in a time of change in a time yeah. of evolving and that we really needed to look at this kind of opportunity right now. So I wanted to, to hear from you. How are you kind of evolving? What do you, what do you mean by that in, in this time of change? Well, you know, by the way, I don't mean it in a Pollyanna way. I, I know that people are really suffering right now. Yeah. There's some people with some really urgent needs, and they're worried about eating in a few weeks. And so um, I don't mean it in the way that, you know, just, you know, some concept of a thought. Having said that, though, you know, you don't have to believe everything you think. And just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. And so one of the ways we can evolve is that we can begin to think right now, let's question our own thoughts, because... Dr. Daniel Amen's been on my show, and I've worked with Dr. Amen quite a bit, and he's really got me to be that way in my life, where not everything I think is true, yet we sort of operate that way, and then we take actions on it. These thoughts give us emotions, and all of a sudden, you're spiraling in a different direction that you don't want to be, and so I feel like right now, you could take this as an opportunity to be training, preparing, and growing in a way that you never would have been able to have this gift before. In some ways, it's a tremendous gift, even though it's a hardship. This puts to test everything we say on you know, social media or personal development and self-help. I'm known for saying everything happens for you, not to you. Mm-hmm. And this is a difficult time to really believe that. But you have to look for those things. Those are the thoughts you have to be looking for. And for me, it's almost this is the one shot our culture consciousness is going to have to evolve. Perhaps the gift here is we're all going to come out of this thinking just some slightly different thoughts. You know, what really is important to us? What matters to us? Who are we? What do we really want in our lives? What really makes us happy, right? And for me, I'm looking at this like almost like an athlete preparing for a season I know is coming. I'm training. I'm growing. I'm expanding. I don't, I don't want to be the same person at the end of this. I want to get something for all this pain. If you're going to yeah. go through pain, you should get something for it. Uh, Ed, you know, Andrew Cuomo uh, said yesterday in his press conference that this is a moment for the entire country, right? For the world, but for the country. And it forges character. It's a yes. moment to forge character, to talk to your kids about. How is it changing your character? And what advice do you have for people out there who feel like completely helpless in this yeah. moment? Like, I can't build my character. I can't even afford food. Yes. One of the things you can do when you feel helpless is to become helpful. It'll completely change your state. And so, uh, you know, you both received messages from me this week. One of the things I've tried to do this week, I've consciously taken time to just, how can I serve? 
I'm asking myself, what can I learn from this? What, what is this trying to teach me? Everything's a teacher. What is this trying to teach me? And perhaps one of the things for me was maybe slow down a little bit and let the people around you know how much you love and care about them. I feel helpless. Like today, this is a gift for me because I, hopefully we're being helpful. And so right. all of you that are listening to this were born to do something great with your life, big ways and small ways. All of you were, every human being was born to do something great with your life. And perhaps this is a moment, if you haven't felt that way about yourself in a long time, that you can begin to act greatly in kind, small ways that maybe nobody's gonna know about. And it might be as small as, what if you decided every day you were gonna write down a list of five or 10 people that you're just gonna reach out to and say, I'm here for you, can I help you? I, don't, I might not have a lot to offer you, but I, can, I'm a list, I, I got a listening ear here. We can talk, I'm here for you. You'd be surprised in those moments how one of them needed you in that very moment. And you've right. done something great. And so you're not helpless and you certainly are helpful. And you can make a difference in other people's lives and just getting out of your space because perhaps what's going on around you is so stressful and causes you such anxiety. If you could get out of you and into someone else's spirit and serve them and help them, at least in that moment, I promise you, you'll not feel helpless. You'll, not, you'll feel helpful. And it'll transition that feeling you've got right now. And I've been doing a lot of that. I, I, uh, and by the way, when this is all over, I think many of us are going to remember those people that reached out to us. 100%. And, and, and I know I'm not going to forget. There's some people that I was very surprised that sincerely said, hey, man, I love you. I care about you. Everything okay with your family? People I hadn't talked to in quite a while. And um, I'm not going to forget it. And so you could be that person in someone's life who needs you right now, today. They need a call from you. They need a text. They need a video. I love you. I miss you. I'm here for you. And reach out. I promise you that would change your state in the moment you do it. That's so good. I think that, you know, that's been a big proponent of what you have talked about is, is yeah. you know, every day, hey, let's think of who's single, who's alone, who's, who's living alone, whose uh, parents we can reach out to and just, uh, you know, reach out and say, hi, we're thinking of you. Is there anything we can do for you? I think yeah. that one of the things that I've learned during this time is how impactful we can all be just by reaching out to people by reaching out to small businesses i mean i've reached out to a bunch of different companies that have just been like wow man thank you for checking in on me it's been a whirlwind recently and yeah. uh, i'm sure you're dealing with that as well and which kind of yeah. is why we wanted to do this today was to really help small yeah. businesses and mm -hmm. for entrepreneurs and one of the things that you've really talked about is not being scared but being prepared and you really yeah. just you you talked a little bit about that in the beginning but if you could talk to these young entrepreneurs that are on here today, what would you tell them? How, and, how, older and older entrepreneurs. <laughs> I'm an older entrepreneur. Well, um, here's some good news. Let's get some perspective on this. Here's the irony. Do you know that most successful entrepreneurs, if you look at the data, most successful entrepreneurs started their businesses in either personal or economic down cycles, not up cycles. Up cycles are for the big dudes. Up cycles are for the big boys. They all flourish during this time. Ironically, almost all successful entrepreneurs started or restarted in a personal financial crisis or in an economic crisis. I'll give you some examples. Gates starts Microsoft in 1975. Terrible economy that got worse and worse and worse. Jobs starts in 76. Zuckerberg starts Facebook in 04. Four years later, they're just getting their steam up. 08 hits. Right? right? And so you could look at all of these different companies and Netflix starts in 97, right? The 97, they just get a little steam up. They're just finally starting to catch, maybe get on Blockbuster, 9-11 hits. And so, and most of these people started when they were broke, when they were down. And so 
ironically, and, and, and this is going to happen to many of you, there are going to be many millionaires, many ultra successful entrepreneurs whose businesses are born over the next several weeks mm -hmm. or were recalibrated and restarted. They're not started in up cycles. They're started in down cycles. Almost every single one of them. Mine was as well. And so I've been reminding myself of that, not because it makes me feel good, but because it's a fact. And so I one of that. the, yeah, yeah. I think that it, you know, I just want to pause with what he just said and have yeah. people really let that sink in because yeah. what you just said is incredibly inspiring to everybody who feels like this is a, a catastrophic moment. You're saying this actually is the moment. It's the moment of change. I'll give you an example, Maria, and you know this better than I do, but, and, and so do you, Patrick. And Patrick and I talk about this stuff very often, like business cycles, ideas, trends, the moment. But if you really think about it, you guys, this is when real change is going to occur, culturally, mm -hmm. economically. And it, if you haven't been successful yet, it deals new cards to you. It deals new cards. And so give you an example. During a moment like this is when complete innovation is going to happen. It's when the Barnes and Nobles start to disappear, right? And the Amazons emerge in right. these types of cycles. It's when the IBMs shrink and the Microsofts emerge. It's when the blockbusters have a difficult time and the new entrepreneurs emerge like the Netflix, the Mark Cubans, and all the small entrepreneurs that are out there. And so, and one of the things I think I would just say to everybody is you have to act like business is open. And so this is really important. You have to create more structure right now, not less. So I'm mm -hmm. forcing more structure on myself. I'm getting up 30 minutes earlier than I normally do. Why? Because wow. everybody's getting up an hour later, right? Uh, right. the, the second day that this was going, Patrick, you texted me. And, and uh, it's funny, when you text me, I looked down, I had some sweatpants on. So I say this guy's out of making mistakes. I'm not a guru, okay? I'm an average, ordinary person who makes mistakes. But I learned from, after almost 50 years, I learned from a few. It was the second day you texted me. And I looked down at my phone. And I had these Adidas sweatpants on. And there was a toothpaste stain. It was like 8 o'clock in the morning on my sweats. And I went, oh, I, I spilled some toothpaste on my sweats. And I went, no. No, that's impossible because I haven't brushed my teeth yet. And it was 8 a.m. And I went, oh, that's yesterday's toothpaste. I've been wearing these sweatpants for two damn days, right? <laughs> and there's, there's a lot of people listening to this. And in that moment, I went, that's it. I got up. I showered. I put a suit on. And wow. so I'm getting dressed every day. Look at me today. Me and it's a Saturday, right? Yeah, me too. Every day. And I, I've noticed that. And Patrick, I'll give you a pass because it's a Saturday. But Monday, <laughs> Monday through Friday, get up. Get dressed like you're going to work. Get off right. the couch. Get somewhere in your apartment or your home where you're working like you normally work. You know what it's like. We all have those Netflix Sundays in our sweats and we're laying around. Too many entrepreneurs are taking every day to be dressed like that. And you're seeing them on social. Get dressed. Clean up. Perform like you normally would. Even if you can't go somewhere, you got to act like it. you got to model that behavior. That's, that's so good. I think, I mean, I'm just seeing so many people in the comments saying, wow, structure, structure, structure. And I think that's so important. Something that I've learned so much from you is that routine. You know, I've always been a big believer in my morning routines and, and something I was struggling with in January was when I had my shoulder surgery and I yeah. felt like, you know what, I, I don't need to get up early anymore. I don't need to do this because I can't work out. I can't, and I texted you and I said, man, I'm really struggling with my routine. And you yeah. said, how lucky are you that you still <laughs> yeah. get to wake up every morning that early and now you can focus on things that you weren't able to focus on. Now you get yeah. to read more. Now you get to listen to more podcasts and get, you know, more advice, get smarter, learn from this time. You know, it's not yeah. always that we get to be off the field and see what, what 
kind of a, a perspective of the people that are on the field. And I felt like, wow, that was so true. Don't use this time to slack off, but just continue that routine, continue that structure and find ways to learn in other ways. And I think that's such great advice to a lot of these young entrepreneurs that are maybe working from home now who are dealing with a, a shift or a change. Make sure you keep that structure. Make sure you're waking up early still. Make sure you're doing something a little bit active. Make sure you're, uh, you know, checking in on people. I think that is, uh, that's really great advice. But I think, Ed, there's so many people. It is great. I, I've been dressing up every day, yeah. putting on, brushing my hair, putting on makeup as if yeah. I have somewhere to go, right? I yeah. think that's yeah. super important. But what do you say to, because I have so many friends who are, you know, kind of primary breadwinners in their families. Yeah. They're women small business owners. They've spent their whole life building a hair salon, a home goods yeah. store. They're firing people. They really don't. They want to dress up, but they have nowhere to go, and they don't even know how to shift yeah. their retail business, which might be brick and mortar, into right. something else. What's the best advice you can give people like that? Yeah, I wish that it was um, more pure, perfect advice because it's it's um, so difficult when you can't open the door of your business yes. to earn revenue. Right. Right. And um, and I worry about that. I, I feel like entrepreneurs right now, you have a, a moral choice and a financial choice between do you keep your people on board and for how long? And yeah. um, and I, I worry about that for people. I would say this, the, the routines that Patrick is discussing have to evolve when you can't go to the places you normally do them. And so part of the routines that I've been doing, for example, I have every intention of like, I'll get an example, a couple of my businesses are completely shut down. So um, my speaking business, all that stuff, that's, that's right. shut down. My, uh, um, uh, I'm worried about my investments in real estate right now, but my financial business, WFG, that's flourishing. People are recruiting, they want help with their money. That stuff's been working well, my pig out chips business. But the ones that are shut down, what I'm doing is I'm communicating with my clients, even though I'm not seeing them. Um, keeping that connection so that when we come back, I'm booking appointments for May under the right. assumption I'm going to be allowed to get back to work. And if we're not, I'll move them in May. So one of the things you should be doing as an entrepreneur is still booking the appointments because here's the thing, we're going to get let back to work sometime. We don't know when it is, but we can make some predictive guess of when it is. And you want to be full speed because you're going to need to make up all that revenue immediately. A right. huge mistake would be having nothing booked because you don't know when you're going back. Pick a window where you think you're going to be going back, even though it's a variable, and keep booking appointments with your clients that are going to be seeing you, providing they feel like they'll have the money at that time to see you. The second thing I'm doing is I've evolved my routine where I'm not, you know, you go to the gym for an hour every day. I'm not doing that now. So what I'm giving myself the gift of is like five 15-minute workouts throughout the day. So I'm keeping my state higher. You can't possibly move your body and have anxiety and fear and depression. It's impossible. Because yes. your body is your body's your unconscious mind, truthfully. So your right. body tells your mind what to be thinking. So I've actually got a gift. This is funny. I've got a gift now, four or five little 15-minute jumping jack, push-ups, yoga, workouts throughout the day. And it's funny. In the what is a crisis, I, I, ending days, I'm like, I'm not that tired. I've been working all day. And I didn't have a lot of anxiety, even though I have thousands of people depending upon me. How, why is that? I haven't allowed my mind to rest because I'm moving my body every hour for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then one more little gift I'll, I'll give to everybody is there's a thing I run called mini days structurally that maybe you could uh, consider doing. This happened way before this. 24-hour days were created by somebody a long time ago that uh, before the internet when everything was slow. I don't believe in 24-hour days. I think that's just a made-up number. 
So I just started to make my days into six hour days. So if we've all had a day where in six hours, we got more done than we did in a full day. Everybody's had that morning. You're like, it's 11 o'clock. I've crushed my whole day. I went, well, why can't I do that every day? When I got 24 hours, I pace myself like I got all day to do it. But what if a day was six hours? What if a day was six hours? You bend time. So for me, my first day, 6 a.m. to noon. That's a full day. I want to get a full day's activities done, calls, contacts done in that six hours that most people take a full 24-hour day to do. Then day right. two starts at noon to 6, at 6 p.m. Same thing, full day of activity, full day of appointments, full day of talking to people, full day of listening to podcasts, full day of reading, full day of growth, full day of improving myself. The next day's from 6 p.m. to midnight, same thing. So what if you could get 21 days a week right now? What if you could get 21 days of growth in seven, 21 days of reading in seven, 21 days of calling people in seven? You could come out of this in four or five weeks having invested 50-something days in yourself when everybody else only got the 21 or 28 days. So mm -hmm. I'm running these mini days, and it's completely bended my concept of what time is. And I know, Patrick, you and I have talked about this. But more than ever, if you're going to grow, don't take 24 hours. That's not one day. One day is six hours. Six hours. You can get wow. your reading done, your growth, your calls all done in those six hours and start again the next six hours. Right. I think that, um, first off, I want to say <laughs> hi to, to Marcus Limonis, <laughs> who keeps commenting. I just saw, and he's a, you know, someone hey, I looked up to uh, for a while, and he helped so many small businesses. So uh, shout out to Marcus. I think one of the things that I love about you and I, and I love talking with, with people about is not just business isn't just about business. It's really about the leading and, and something that you talk about so much is the mindset, kind of the inspiration, the motivation and, and the mindset. What is something that you can tell a lot of these business, you know, men and women leaders about how to really kind of hack their mindset right now? You talk so much about happiness, being happy with yourself, being fulfilled. How can we talk to people right now during this time to really um, hack that mindset? Well, couple, good question. A uh, couple of things on mindset that I would tell you all is Patrick's 100% right, that what everybody wants is happiness. So one way to remake your company right now, your hair salon, your engineering firm, your sandwich shop, hopefully that gets to get reopened, is that you could get better at your business right now. And Patrick just gave you the key. You got to understand what you're selling once and for all. And what you're selling people ultimately at the end, if you ran it out to its logical conclusion, what everybody's buying from you is a slice of happy. Mm -hmm. That's what they want from you. And not enough entrepreneurs slowed down to sell happiness. So right. my product, no matter what it is, is I sell happy. Now, obviously, there's wine behind me. We know that makes people happy. So people that sell wine know that <laughs> I was you have, wonder right? about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on that. I'll be on that later. I'm trying to avoid this room except for Zoom calls. So, but you'd say that's. But what if you got more evangelical about your cause? Let me tell you what's coming out of this time. Young entrepreneurs, particularly, you do surveys of young entrepreneurs. They want to be a part of something that's crusade and cause oriented. They want to do good work. If more important than money is making a difference, guess what? That's not just young people. That's everybody. They want to make a difference. Great entrepreneurs are evangelical almost about their cause. They're evangelists. They sell happiness. You'd say, that's just ridiculous. I put a post out about this the other day. The number yeah. one food seller and real estate holder on planet Earth is this man named Ray Kroc. I'm not yeah. knocking McDonald's. It's a wonderful company. One of my good friends owns a whole bunch of them. But I don't think any of us would argue that it's not the healthiest food in the world, nor probably <laughs> the best food in the world. Yet he sold the most food in the history of the world, 
right? And owns more residential or commercial real estate than about anybody that organization. How'd they do it? They did it because they sell happiness. They somehow got you to connect being happy to their hamburger. Their mascot is a clown. Their mascot <laughs> is a clown. Their number one meal is called a happy meal. Right. They connected happiness to their product. That's the mindset of all entrepreneurs going forward. Ray Cro or, um, uh, Sam Walton, it was just another retail store. What separated it from Kmart and these other stores? You entrepreneurs thinking about this. They put greeters in front of the store. They made people happy. Retired folks are a store. Welcome. Have a great day. You immediately walked in and got a slice of happy. So the separator is, can you become so evangelical about your cause, your mission, that people think if I get that insurance or I get that product or I get recruited or I go and get this piece of uh, this yogurt or I interact with this engineering firm, I'm an architect. How do I sell happiness? You got to begin to sell the end result of how happy they'll be when they get this home. Everyone wants more happiness. Great entrepreneurs link their product or what they do ultimately to getting happy. Steve Jobs would roll out a Mac, a computer, and go, isn't, isn't she beautiful? beautiful? Isn't yep. it beautiful? You're like, no, right? But <laughs> isn't it beautiful? She'll make you so happy. All great entrepreneurs link it. Average entrepreneurs don't get that. They just sell right. the product or the money or what it could physically do for you. Right. Facts, facts tell, stories sell. So right. you can have all the facts in the world. Stories sell people. And so maybe this, is a, maybe this is a time, I'll come up for air here. Maybe this is a time for you to remake your story. And yeah. maybe that yeah. story needs to be linked to happiness so that you come out of this a completely different entrepreneur, a completely different business person, maybe a completely different mother, maybe a completely different father. What if you became evangelical about your family right now? We're going to do something awesome. We're going to do something great. We're special. We make a difference in the world. What if you just got a little bit more evangelical about the cause of your family? That would make a difference in your home. So sorry for going I, so long. No, no, I, I love that. And, and you know, for me, I always uh, supported McDonald's because actually the work they did with the money they made. Joan right. Brock, uh, they were yeah. huge philanthropists. So I always felt like if the kids wanted to go to McDonald's, I was like, we'll do that because Joan Crock is actually using that money to support Salvation Army, Special Olympics. Special Olympics. But right. she did, she did yeah. so much with that money. So I think having a purpose to your company, like you're saying, yeah. happiness, but also like we're using this company to also support autism, Alzheimer's, yes. uh, different organizations. But yeah. uh, let me digress one second. One of the things I loved about Ed, I, I love uh, about <laughs> you, um, is that you talk about family. And mm -hmm. that you talk about being successful professionally <clears throat> and personally. And I think this is such an important message, particularly coming from a man uh, <laughs> to, yeah, no, I really do. Because so often people say like, well, you know, my everything fell apart because I was being successful professionally. And I talk to a lot of women right now who say, you know, my partner, my husband or whatever is at home working and like, whoa, I, you know, it's a whole new dynamic. Right. And so I want to know mm -hmm. how it is for you at home mm -hmm. and how mm -hmm. can people be successful personally and professionally like you were just saying? Well, That's I great. certainly, I, and by the way, I talk about it because it's, it's things I've struggled with from time to time too as a busy person, right? So yeah. um, one, I can tell you, and I was just talking to somebody who just had a, a young child and they were asking me about any regrets I had. And I said, yeah, too many times when Christiana will say to me, do you remember when Max, you know, when he was three or four? And I say, I don't remember that. 
And I figured this out when my kids were young, but not super young. I was one thing I would just say to all of you is that be present where you are. You're going to be so busy with work that when you come home, be with them, even if it's just for that first hour or two, put your phone away. I struggle with this so much, Maria, that I have, uh, I've been doing something for a long time. I leave my phone in the car the first hour when I get home. I can't even see it or touch it. I know Patrick has this deal now where he doesn't look at his phone during meals. I don't do it when I, I don't do it when I come home. So for me, it's being present where I am. And I can tell you as somebody who's had the great blessings of some financial success in my life, that nothing financially comes remotely close to having a wonderful, beautiful, loving family. It's got to be your number one priority in your life. And you can have it all. You can have all of those things. I'm going to tell you something that may seem very contrived, but it's what I do. For too many years, I scheduled all my business. And then when there was an opening, I'd go, oh, family time. Right. That's what most entrepreneurs do. And I changed it maybe 15 years ago. And what I did when I planned my week is I go, okay, family time first. Soccer, volleyball, date night, whatever it was. Then the rest of my world gets planned around that. And so it's my first planning. It may seem strategic. Last thing I'll give you, a little tip, especially for some of the men, since Maria had pointed that out. One thing I just want to say to all you guys, write down notes because you're going to get busy. It's not contrived. It's love. Write down notes in your calendar. Call my daughter. Text my son. Call my wife. Call my dad. Call my mom. Too many of you at the end of the week go, my gosh, I didn't even call my mom. And so I actually schedule reminders in my calendar. And that's the most loving thing you could do is make them a priority on your calendar. I just want to say one thing that about you guys, because people might not know this, but one of the things I admire the most about Patrick, in fact, it's the thing I admire the most, is how much he loves and cares for his family. And, and he's there for Sunday dinner, as you guys know. And it's the thing that when we met, I, I went, I want to, whatever I can do to be his friend and both of us. And by the way, Patrick and I help each other. He helps me, I help him. But I, I know what a wonderful son he is and brother. And I also know what an incredible husband and father he will be someday. And wow, so it's, I, I try to surround myself with people like that. And you know that's true, Patrick, how, how wonderful you are with your mom and your siblings and your dad. Yeah. And, uh, and that's a culture in your family that I, I kind of have a hunch that Maria has a lot to do with that, but I, but I, something that I really admire. And my other advice to you is what I just said, entrepreneurs, you men, you better have three or four men in your life that are good dads. And there's a power to association and winning, and there's a power to association and in, in being a parent and a loved one as well. So hope yeah, that helps a little bit. Thank you so, so much. True. That was, um, that was great. I, I definitely am uh, very fortunate to have such a great mom, but I appreciate that compliment. And um, I think it, it, it brings me to another little point or pointer for a lot of people that are here um, is kind of show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Really surround yourself with the right team, yeah. the right friends, the right other husbands or, or people that are promoting that lifestyle yeah. that you're wanting to get to. People that are building yeah. you up. And something that I love about you is you, you push me. I mean, when I yeah. meet with you or I talk with you, you're like, all right, get your, get your iPad out and write this down. This is what you're going to do. Yeah. You know, next time I see you, I want this done, this done, this done, this yeah. done, and everything. Yeah. And, it's, and it's making me go past what I thought I was capable of doing. And yeah. surrounding yourself with those kind of people is, is uh, essential. And I, I think that's great. Um, I'm going to open, I'm going to go to the little question thing down here and, and just uh, press a few of these questions that we can answer for people. Um, 
I think one of us, uh, oh, this is good here. Do you think that this will change companies' perspectives on remote work and at the same time optimizing their offices, realty offices? So I guess it's, it's a question of um, maybe you can talk if you're in your business, are you seeing this as actually uh, finding ways to, to utilize this from now on, doing more Zoom yes. calls, not paying yes. rent for, for uh, yes. retail? Yes. And by the way, I want to hear this from you guys too, but my quick answer is what a great question. Absolutely. Yes. This is in a couple of, especially in WFG, for example, it's been such a revelation how we have not been evolving and utilizing technology and yeah. the ease of which, the ease of which um, you can reach people in their homes and in their offices. And you know, the other thing we've sort of built this cult. When I was a little guy, if someone knocked on our door, You'd be like, oh, who's at the door? You know, you wanted someone to come in your house. Nowadays, like, who's at the door? You know, right. <laughs> there's this people, a lot of times in a lot of businesses, people would rather interact this way than even in person all the time, even though I think it's more effective in person. So 100% yes. And I do think it is absolutely making companies rethink. Um, and by the way, some companies have been great about this, like the Googles of the world for many years, but the rest of the world's lagged behind. We still all think we have to get in the car, drive to a brick and mortar building. And the truth is there are businesses where you, know, you can't cut someone's hair through Zoom, to right, Maria's right. point earlier, right? But, but many businesses can be faster, more efficient, and to your point, Patrick, far less capital right. to be doing business to some extent this way. I will say that I have found that doing business this way is faster, but the, the, typically in business, the faster we go, the, our efficiencies drop. And so for all of you, this may seem like a broad concept, but something I'm learning is that although this is much faster and easier, I can't support a, a more technology-driven business with the old systems I had in brick and mortar, meaning you better be evolving the support systems as you begin to do business this way more. Because the last three or four weeks, we're rocking, but I'm still supporting it with all the old systems and strategies. So you have to be rethinking also the support systems you have for your business as well, but one million percent this is going to change many many industries and companies what are you doing in yours patrick uh well it's been a, a a big big shift i mean for our pizza shops blaze we've gone to full delivery uh you know mm. doing free delivery for people and uh but it's a you know they've shifted their model from a lot of the kind of uh walk in create your pizza to uh to the delivery model last year so it was a great you know, prep for them. But now this is a full blown, you know, scaling that delivery side, the gyms, a lot of them are doing now free um, Instagram right. lives. So people can go in and still, you know, build that community and uh, mm -hmm. create that branding, but to give people their workouts and everything from home. Um, and then a lot of the ones that are in the grocery stores and stuff, unfortunately, but fortunately are doing well, because people are just hoarding the grocery stores right now. But um, I think that you're right. I think that a bunch of these companies are going to evolve and see, okay, maybe I'm, I'm not going to have as much uh, square footage. I don't need this many, you know, this much space, this much overhead. I can have people meeting through these virtual conference rooms and everything. So it's definitely, uh, you know, if people take a second and reflect on this time and evolve, then they're going to, they're going to progress with their businesses. I think. I think one, Everybody, thing, I, one thing that I've, uh, I worry about, um, 
as I'm a journalist, right? And I, so I've been okay putting out my Sunday paper or doing these, but I also run uh, a nonprofit, the Women's Alzheimer's Movement. And there's so many nonprofit leaders who are struggling to think about how can we keep a nonprofit alive? How can we, are, we can't do events. How can we raise money in this mm -hmm. time? Uh, what's yeah. gonna happen? I, so many nonprofits laying people off thinking they can't raise money because everybody's yeah. raising money for COVID. Yes. Okay. Well, that's a good point, Maria, but I will tell you, I'm involved in a nonprofit and we have an event that we were going to do live. Uh, not, I, I, here's what I think. I think it's very important not to assume something that's not been proven yet. Although people are giving a lot of money to COVID and it is a very, very important. Um, obviously it's, it, I think we would all agree it's the most urgent cause in the world yeah. right now, right. but I will tell you, um, and I'm not going to get into my philanthropic activity, but all my normal giving happened in the last few weeks. And, the, and, and my, my uh, nonprofit that I'm involved with, we, we are moving from our live event to a Zoom event. Wow. And we're having the same speakers, the same communicators, uh, the same folks. You don't get that kind of peer pressure that's good at fundraisers where everyone's in right. the room together. Yeah. But everyone's on the screen together. And so, for example, I was talking to Rachel Hollis, who's a you know a influencer in the inspiration space, and and Rachel basically does live events. She's moving her event to Zoom. She's probably going to reduce the ticket price. The good news is, far more people will be on that Zoom meeting than could have flown to where the event was, paid right. for a hotel room, and so many of these things in your nonprofits or your businesses. There's some windows here that are pretty special because some of the money they'd have to spend to get there or timing in a calendar where, you know what it's like, Maria, you have an event and you go, it's, it's March 6th and there's so many people that can't fly or get there March 6th. Yeah, well, they can get right. on a Zoom event and hear a speaker and be moved. I have, a, I have a couple events coming up with some very, you know, very higher end, former leader speakers politically. And um, I could tell you that more people are excited about seeing them through this venue than they wow. would be to have to find a get there. So let's not make all these assumptions. Those of you not run nonprofits, listen, you gotta get resourceful. Right. And there's a lot of power, and I'm not just giving any of the mindset stuff here. There's a lot of power to what you believe. There's a lot of power to what you think. And if you have a limiting belief that you can't raise money right now, or that people won't gather and listen to speakers, there's someone proving you wrong. There's someone doing it. And so if someone's doing it, you can do it in the speaking space. All the folks that are speakers are like, hey, I can't do my event. I can't do this. Well, there's people doing them. Right. And guess what? The more of you that think that, there's more and less and less competition for them to get to your audience, to your customers. And so okay. it's better be very careful. You run a nonprofit, you think you can't raise money right now, and someone else does, and now they've got someone connected to your cause. So I don't think that's the case. I do think what is obviously true is people are concerned about their money right now more than ever. Yeah. And maybe they're not quite as uh, willing to part with it as they once were. Yeah. But I don't believe that that's the case overall, everyone. I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of upside to where we are right now. And I think you just need to look for it. Get resourceful. And by the way, collaborate. Who should you be collaborating with you never have before? Right. That's what I'd be thinking about. Well, we don't want to take too much of your time. We'll do maybe one or two more of these questions. One of these that I saw, which is I thought was really great, because it's something that I know our uh, – our companies are really struggling with. I'm trying to find where it went now. Um, uh, so I'm going to, while Patrick tries to find this question, I'm going to start summarizing many of the things you said here. 
which I think are so extraordinary about putting your family first on your calendar as opposed to last. That's a real takeaway to me. Uh, mm -hmm. Having many days in your one day, I think that's a real takeaway uh, mm -hmm. for a mindset uh, takeaway there. I think that's really terrific. Surrounding yourself with people who have the same values. Right. If you have mm -hmm. a company, infusing values into your company, values of happiness, values of purpose, uh, yeah. rethinking maybe how you're presenting, reevaluating the story of your company. Okay, now go ahead, Patrick. Yeah, I, this is, I, I have just, so many takeaways. I'm so excited. <laughs> I just thought that Thank this you. one was actually really great because it's something that, um, you know, I've been struggling with and I'm sure tons of people out there uh, have been struggling with, which is kind of talking about morals with financial choice. Um, and how you really balance those. I think that a lot of people right now have been in companies that they've worked with other people for 10, 20 years, 30 yeah. years, whatever, and, and they're doing everything they can to keep these doors open or alive. And, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you really have a recommendation for this because it's, it's really business to business and really tough, but the decisions between, you know, having moral and, and the, the right financial choice. Um, mm -hmm. And I know for myself, I think that a lot of things are waiting to see what happens with the government and, and loans and paybacks and everything. But um, I didn't know if you had any advice for that. I do. Um, and it's easy for me to say because I'm in a good financial situation. But for me, there is no choice between moral and financial. I have a moral obligation. And, um, and now that's different if you have no financial means. But I've been quite frankly disappointed. I'm gonna, we're going to be candid. I've been quite frankly very disappointed and hurt by so many entrepreneurs that I know could be writing this out a little more with the people that have been dedicated to them for five and 10 and 15 years. And they just immediately cut. And I know they don't have to. And it's right. been really, it's hurt my heart to see it. Some of them are friends of mine and maybe they won't be long-term because um, what Maria mentioned governor Cuomo earlier, one of the things I really admired watching him is, and I, this is a couple tips I would give on this topic for you entrepreneurs Got to be candid. We just lost Jack Welsh recently, one of the great executives in, in the history of the country. And, yeah, and Jack, yeah. did you really? Yeah. Well, that, uh -huh. well, that, I, yeah. So I'm going to pretend to know him and you do know him. Yeah. But I one know. of the things I know that you know this, and Maria, is that he was such a big believer in candor. And he yeah. wrote about it in many of his books. He's a very yeah. candid person. Now, I, I can just tell you that I think you need to be candid with people. I don't feel like it's fair to not be straightforward with people. And so, for example, in, in, in one of my companies, I've let them know, listen, I'm riding this out with you. I'm also going to let you know, as long as I can, I will. But when I can't, I'll give you notice enough time to let you know if I couldn't anymore. And so for me, it's a moral choice. If I have to uh, mortgage a home, which I won't have to, but if I had to, I would do that to make sure these people that have been so good to me. And I understand some of you are like, I can't mortgage a home. I'm running out of cash. Then you right. need to be candid. You need to be truthful with them. You need to be upfront. And, um, and so that's such a difficult time. Now, one thing I think we would all three agree with, I feel like we're all, and we all have these friends and we're this person too. Our ego, we want to let everybody know we know what's going on and we can forecast what's going to happen. And the truth is nobody knows. And that's one of the things I respect about uh, Governor Cuomo. He's kind of let you know he doesn't know. You know, we're, we're doing everything we can every day. Having said that, I think, in my opinion, this has almost been like playing poker, like seven card poker stud or something. And two cards have been dealt if you're an entrepreneur. So you don't know, right? And is it five more weeks, three more weeks, 12 more weeks, nine months? In my opinion, 
in my opinion, another card or two will be pretty revealed in the next week or two. Right. Yeah. One way or the other. I think in the next week or two, we're going to know, most of us, but I do think if you can hold on another week to 10 days to two weeks, I think we're not going to have all the cards. We won't know all seven cards, but we may have another card or two dealt where we know three more weeks we're back, two more weeks some of us right. are back, six more weeks we're back, or not. And so I think if you can hang on another week to two weeks, you're going to know a little bit more what hand you're playing, so to speak. That's pretty so soon. good. I just want to say, Ed, that you've been so inspirational today. You've given us so many really practical takeaways, right. which I really love that I can go and actually implement not only in my business, but on behalf of my nonprofit. You helped me shift my thinking regarding <laughs> uh, the nonprofit that I work with. And I think there's so many people out there that are saying the same thing that we can read through these questions. I don't know if you can... Uh, he can't he, see him. He can't I can see, see him. Anyway, no. so I don't want to keep him because it's Saturday morning and yes. he has a family there. But I just also, <laughs> uh, even though he's in a wine cellar, <laughs> I just want to say uh, that also, um, I just want people to know uh, that you're a really helpful person and you. you give back and uh, with your time, your energy and uh, your commitment. And I know that firsthand. So I just wanted to say that I uh, do too yeah. I know that firsthand so, and um, that. it's been so helpful for me and I think that uh, you know one of the things we've talked about is how do I in turn help other people and take the mm. things that I've gotten to learn from you and really go out there and motivate people inspire people help young businesses so I really appreciate you doing this with me today I know I reached out mm. to you and said man we've really got to do something together to help yeah. these young yeah. businesses that are struggling so many people are messaging me and you said done tell me when and yeah. uh, and we, we made it work. So we're really appreciative. So, I got to say one thing about you. So then we'll finish. So everybody, I love Maria and she's incredible. And I'm so grateful you connected Patrick and I, but everybody that's a couple 2,500 people or so on this call here, many of which follow me, many of which follow you. But if you follow me, you need to be following Patrick Schwarzenegger. You guys, he's uh -huh. uh, there's, there's a, he is a really special young man. And and there is an entrepreneurial spirit in there and honestly, a brilliance of the way he thinks about business and entrepreneurship. And he's an emerging thought leader in this space. And, and I'm not just saying that's why I did this. I've only done two of these. I've done it with my best friend and business partner, Andy, and you, and, and, and obviously Maria. Wow. And so, so if, you're, wow. if you're following, oh, I did it with Matthew Hussey because I love Matthew too. That's true, one of my <laughs> so, best friends. Wow, we're so, we're so honored. That's oh, so stop cool. it. You know, yeah. you know that it's been my honor today. Just stop. But, well, but Patrick I want everybody to go. do it on his page. I couldn't do it on my page. It was on his I, page. I asked him that last night. I, I said, I know what you're doing. You're picking up followers right now. I know oh, what you're doing. Uh, I was like, I want to talk to Ed on my page. He's like, no. <laughs> do that Monday. So go, go follow Maria and go follow Patrick. And where, you guys, where, okay. and you know, we didn't get to say in the beginning, but I mean, you have a, an amazing podcast. You're a uh, top selling author. You Thank have you. a great page. Where can people find more about you or, or learn more about you or watch? Yeah, right here. All my stuff's free. You can go, just go on Instagram. You click the link in my bio. You'll find all my podcasts and YouTube and all that stuff. You can go get awesome. all of it. So yeah, I love you guys. You. Thank you. Thank God you. Bless. Have a great God bless. day with your family. This is the Admired Show.
Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.